This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh and Joe remote in to discuss the law and how it affects everything around us. And as always, Josh and Joe tackle burning legal questions such as, why would a homeowners association have a problem with a doggy snack station? And will North Carolina legalize marijuana? Does Josh want anyone teaching his second grader about sex? That's all coming up on The Outlaw Lawyer. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into the Outlaw Lawyer, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your host. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, where you can find a managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, and we talk legalese each and every week. We get into the hot topics, and sometimes we get off topic, but it's always an interesting discussion between Josh and Joe. If you've got a legal situation that you're facing and you have questions, there's a way to get in touch with Whitaker and Hamer. Call this number, 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and a great website, theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen, away we go. What's up first? Well, Morgan, it's uh, it's good to talk to you. It's always good to, even when we remote in and we're not, we're not sitting face-to-face, it's always good to talk to you. But uh, as you might remember, from our previous shows, I can't just go right into talking about the law. I gotta, I gotta talk about other things first. Uh, get the juices flowing. Yeah, it's like my... stretching before you go for a run. You know, you gotta stretch a little. <laughs> I gotta get my coffee in me. I gotta, I gotta limber up. And so the, the, the first, the biggest, not the biggest thing that happened this past week. But um, Joe, did you survive that that game seven, the Hurricanes uh, game seven versus the Rangers? You were there. Oh yeah, I was there. Thank you, Josh, for reminding me. Cause, um, <laughs> you know, I'd forgot, I'd forgotten I was present for that. And, uh, man, an exciting game, wire to wire, uh, a lot of excitement. Uh, was a it? lot of things to, to no, it was terrible. Oh. <laughs> no, it was terrible. It's one of the, I've, as a, uh, as a Duke fan, a Duke, a true Duke fan, meaning I'm also a Duke football fan, uh, who had season tickets for several years. You know, I've, I've sat through some pretty depressing sporting events uh, in person. And I would put this up there. I'd really put this up there as one of the more depressing times I've had watching a sport. It just was uh, really no hope from the beginning, basically. You know, you had like two minutes of hope and then it, it just gets, it got taken away and you could just see it coming, man. Like the hits kept coming, folks getting injured, you know, bad breaks and really tough, man. Really tough, really tough time. You know, I was, uh, I was at the lake uh, this weekend and I, I couldn't get back in time to, to go. And, um, but I felt really bad after the, well, I guess game six. I mean, the Rangers you hate to say this, but I mean, they really seem like maybe the better team, you know, uh, maybe the hurricanes just played bad, but, um, it was, it was tough to watch. I, you know, being watching it from the couch. So I learned this as a state fan. Again, I, I think I know I've said this on the show. But you've, condi- up, you've conditioned yourself. Right. We don't expect nice things. We don't expect to to win. So as an NC State fan, you know, I, a lot of times I'll talk myself out of going to games because I want to be able to change the, the station. You know, I want that freedom to not have to, you know, suffer through it. Yeah, and, stare uh, directly at the train wreck. I get it. Right. So I... We flipped away. I think we caught up because we had only watched one of the Obi-Wans that came out once. So we watched the second episode of that and then came back to it. It wasn't good. I think I actually went, I think I was actually in my bed asleep before the game ended, which is 
Did you just offer up a critique for Obi Wan? I I'm I'm gonna reserve judgment. No, no, on spo- it. no spoilers, please. I have not seen yeah. it yet. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's it's definitely wor- it's definitely worth watching. Hmm. Uh, I'm not a purist. I'm not a Star Wars purist by any means, but um, I I have not I have not decided if I like it or not. It's it's I, you know anyway. It's definitely worth. You see, watching. The, you I, hadn't seen episode three yet, right? Of the show. No. When does I think episode it three up. doesn't? Careful, Joe. I think I think uh, I think business picks up, Josh, yeah. for you. Okay. When did I so, thought episode three? When did that come out? Friday? No. Um. Uh. When did it come out? Because uh, they released the first two. Was that last? I'm getting my Fridays confused. So this Friday, episode three. Yeah, they out. they put two out at a time, and then the third. I don't know. Maybe has, I've just been. I've I've uh, I've heard rumblings. I I think it's out. I think it's out, and I think business picks up in it. All right, but All back right. to what you started this yes. conversation with. Um, the crappy Hurricanes game that that well, I really didn't realize either. I didn't realize either the Hurricanes had so many people on one year deals. I didn't realize I didn't follow them a lot last year. Uh, yeah, this year was- I, it, I, that's the tragedy of it, man. Because like you know, prior to this year and us starting to attend the games regularly, I, I didn't really care. You know, I didn't really care. I wasn't invested, and I mean, I I cared in so far as like you want your home teams to do well. Like obviously, I didn't dislike the Hurricanes, but. I didn't really care. And even early on, like we'd go to the games, they'd lose. And like, I remember walking out and people would be so sad and then people would be so happy. And I was just like, I don't, I can't understand people being this invested. Like it didn't make any sense to me. Like I, I, even then I was not invested at all. And then gradually I started getting invested, man. And I got super invested. And so, uh, I almost wish I could go back to that blissful ignorance, man, that no, that (laughs) just not being invested at all and it not caring uh, but unfortunately, I think those, I think that's gone, man. I think I'm a, like a lifetime. I'm just invested in hockey now somehow. Well, I'm interested to see what they do. You know, our our owner and our general manager up there do seem to do good work. Um, but yeah, they're losing a lot of well, losing. There's a lot of guys who could leave, and I'm sure we'll lose some of them. But it'll be it'll be interesting. I don't know. I was trying to decide if I'm going to watch another hockey game now that they're out. You know, usually if I'm watching like you know uh acc tournament or something state loses i'm done i'm out i go do something else but i'm were, trying to figure out if i'm gonna watch it before state even played right did you, did you <laughs> i was i checked out yeah. early yeah. and then you know i got up I, it was a couple of days ago where uh the baseball team you know speaking of nc state the baseball team didn't make the ncaa tournament got left out you see oh that? yeah that was another thing that was a real you know i don't pay a ton of uh, attention to that you know baseball obviously but uh Seems like that was a real injustice, from what I. From what <laughs> I don't I know who uh, I was on. Uh, I was on uh, Twitter and I was reading uh, people the Twitter meltdown for state baseball fans about not getting in. And I don't remember who tweeted this. I'd love to give them credit, uh, but I don't remember their handle or anything. But somebody tweeted that NC State and uh, the NCAA need to go to couples uh, counseling before this gets violent. <laughs> and I laughed at that for a long time, not to make light of domestic violence by any means, but the NCAA NC state situation has been pretty rocky for a long time. Yeah. For a long time, man. And, um, the it's, it's a little head scratching. It's a little, it's a little bit head scratching. This was a real head scratcher, you know, for, again, not following baseball closely from, but, but from what everything I gather, you know, there was really no discussion about state even being like on the bubble or being in danger of not being included. Like, I think everyone assumed that they were firmly in and good. And then like, you, you know, it just, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't happen. And you, you listen to the, 
the reasoning behind the the, the head of the committee and it just didn't make a ton of sense to me, honestly. And that's as a neutral party, a neutral right. third party. Well, Joe, I, we do have a couple, you know, we managed to uh, fit in a couple of legal topics today, but there's a lot of local uh, legal news. There were some, there was some other stuff, but I, I, I stayed local when I, when I kind of put our topics together, but there was a story from last week that we didn't get to reach uh, in our show. So I put that back on the, on the docket today, but there's a, a case uh, where a local HOA, a local neighborhood, has has sued uh, a man who set up a doggy snack station uh, in the neighborhood and 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 services it, and the HOA wants it taken down. Um, then I, I figured I, I read the local news outlets covering it, and there's a lot of legal lees behind that story. So I figured we talk about HOAs and and what they can and can't do. So we've got that on the the slate today. And then I saw the North Carolina legalized hemp permanently. I don't know if you saw that, Joe. Uh, I, you know, I did. I saw it in your notes that you sent to me. <laughs> I, I saw it in your notes. So. Well, they, they legalized hemp because it was, it was a temporary measure. So they had to go in. You know, there's been a big experiment where folks have been able to grow hemp uh, for CBD products and, and agricultural purposes. And that was not permanent. So there was a, a bill before the NC Senate and they made that permanent, but they also talked about, uh, medicinal marijuana that hasn't been passed yet, but there's a bill kind of moving along through the process. So I figured we'd spend some time talking about that. Um, NC Senate as well. There's a big story about, uh, and again, we talked about how, when you name these bills, when the media talks about these these bills that are before Congress or before the North Carolina legislature, uh, naming them is a big part of the winning the media war perspective on them, right? So Florida had the "Don't Say Gay" bill that we talked about. North Carolina has a, a what I, I've seen it called "Parents' Right" bill, but it's got some similar provisions, and I figured we talk about that just generally today. Um, and I get, we've got some listener questions, too. So we have a couple of good listener questions. One of them I get a lot. Uh, but I figured we'd talk about that as well. But a lot to talk about. The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Managing Partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia, and they are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. We get into all the different topics. If you've got questions about maybe a legal situation that you are facing, I've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact information, briefly what that calls about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch and you can always email your questions to the show and we'll use them on future programs and we of course use uh, you know a different name it'll be anonymous but you can get an answer to your question that way questions at theoutlawlawyer.com and you can always visit the website it's a great one theoutlawlawyer.com we're back right after this back into the outlaw lawyer josh whitaker and joe hamer your host you can find them during the week whitaker and hamer law firm they're the managing partners there they're practicing attorneys here in north carolina they've got offices in raleigh garner clayton goldsboro fuquay verena and gastonia and we are here to talk legalese i'm morgan patrick 
consumer advocate. If you've got an issue that you're facing and you need some advice, you need to get some questions answered, the phone number is 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will return that call. You can also email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Josh, where are we going next? Well, Morgan, the the first story I wanted to tackle today and kind of put an attorney perspective on was one I saw kind of make the rounds on local media. I guess this would have been last week, but there is a uh, a court case. So we got a court case uh, here in North Carolina, uh, Wake County, actually, where a homeowners association is suing a homeowner for, I guess the the word would be an unauthorized uh, doggy snack station. So this homeowner uh, on uh, what he would argue on his property. Um, I think that's part of the argument we'll get to, but he erected uh, a little station there that has some doggy treats. He keeps a water bowl there. And I think there must be a camera cause he can see people uh, coming back and forth, but he put this on his property four or five years ago. Uh, the HOA has taken an issue with it for probably a lot of reasons. And, um, sued him. I guess there's been some back and forth. HOAs usually don't sue you right away. They usually send you a lot of letters and threaten to fine you daily until it's remedied. And, uh, and so nothing's happened. So here we are. There's a lawsuit, Wake County uh, court. And uh, I saw a lot of people reporting on it. A lot of people, I think, uh, the way they reported on it, they kind of felt, you, you know, a lot of times if you, I don't know, Joe, if you, if you see this a lot or if it's just me reading into things, but you know, a lot of times, depending on what outlet you're watching or reading, uh, you know, the, the, the media outlet has a predisposition to one party or the other when they talk about this kind of stuff. So I kind of felt like everybody uh, was feeling sorry for the, the guy who set up this doggy snack station who was, who was getting sued. Uh, but it, 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 got a, it got a lot of attention, this thing. Yeah, you do, you do a lot more reading and watching of the, the news than I do. Um, I'm more of a simpleton, Josh, and uh, I, I like my mindless, my mindless social media as opposed to actual news and happenings. But uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. When I do, when I do keep up with it, I, I agree. You usually do see some, you know, some kind of taking aside, and uh, a lot of folks. It's it's hard to be on the te- on the side that doesn't want sweet, <laughs> cute, fluffy dogs to have uh, delicious treats. Team, it's very team it's HOA. difficult to be team HOA. Yeah, who's team HOA, man? <laughs> like, there are definitely people. That's the thing. You know, we do a lot of, uh, of, of real property law here, and we, we deal with HOAs frequently, and it's just something that, um, you know, being heavily involved in an HOA, I know we, we don't take stances and we, we don't take positions here, but I'm comfortable saying, that's not for me. Being being heavily involved in an HOA, I was not built for it, and it's not. That's not my thing. You got to have rules. We live in a society of laws, Joseph. You have to have rules. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I'm not saying like they, they have no function. I'm not saying they have no purpose. They they absolutely do. I'm just saying that I am like I'm not the guy that's going to be on the board of directors. I'm not going to be the president of the HOA. I'm not going to be the guy, like. I'm trying to think of what my neighbor would do. And I'm lucky enough to live around family. Um, thank goodness. And uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't think that's a great thing, but like we, we all get along, but like if I'm in a neighborhood, like a traditional neighborhood and I got folks I don't know on both sides of me or that aren't related to me, like I'm trying to think of what they would have to do that would rise to the level of me being like, well, I'm going to, I'm reporting them to my HOA and it would have to be drastic. 
you know what this made me think of you were talking about how you don't uh maybe i read the news more than you but it it made me think of this a couple of weeks back you know my phone uh, a couple of weeks back my phone went haywire and i had to order a new one so i had to go two days without a phone which is crazy I, I had backup phones usually i can switch but they weren't working so i just did not have a phone for like a day and a half it was terrible but it reminds me that that day joe i met you out for lunch and and i didn't have my phone on me right so i had to call you from the office and say look i'm leaving now to go to this place to, to meet you for lunch so i'll be there i don't know if you remember this joe i remember that i've thought about that moment and so so <laughs> So I went there and I sat down and you were running late. You were on a conference call. I knew you might be late. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, but let's say we were supposed to meet at 12 and it was like 1215. And, and I was like, well, did I tell him exactly where I'd be? Is he already in here? Start, and I just didn't start running through the scenario. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish I could just text him, you know, like I know he's going to be late. And then I didn't have anything to do. Like back in the day, like let's say in college, I had a flip phone, right? And we didn't have fancy cell phones back then. And so I'd always yeah. bring in like the newspaper, the News and Observer, or like the Wall Street Journal. I'd bring something with me when you went to eight so you had something to do uh, while you were waiting for your food. And uh, and I didn't have any of that. So I just sat there and read the menu uh, like a crazy person for like 15 minutes because there was nothing else to do uh, while I wondered if you would come to eat lunch with me or not. You know, And it was it was crazy to think there was a time where you didn't have you could just text somebody, you know, like, hey. But anyway, it was yeah. a lot of anxiety at that lunch. Was the that's what I was going to ask? Is what you did? You just read the you read the menu? Did you just you just look at people? You end up looking at people. Like, you I, well, there was like a glancing this, around at people. This was a, in this particular situation. There, there was a bar that had a TV, and so I moved my seat so I could see ah, the TV because I was going nuts. Rotten man, yeah, that's. Uh, but anyway, it's, for, that's an interesting thought. I don't, you know, I don't know how we got there off of the H, off the doggy treat conversation, but um, well, the, I, it, it is an interesting thought. The, is it? Is it really, Joseph? It just, I just spit that out. But so the HOA issue, the, just so people know, the the legal issue here. There's a couple of legal issues, but you know, when you buy your lot in a subdivision uh, that has an HOA, I think a lot of people are under the impression, hey, I I own this quarter of an acre, it's all mine, and and that's not always the case. You have uh, sewer easements, right? So the back 10 feet of your lot, there may be a sewer easement for drainage or drainage easement. And, and you're not supposed to put any permanent structures in there. There's only certain things you can do there. Um, this guy's property, it sounds like, and again, I, I don't have the complaint in front of me, but it sounds like at least the HOA's argument is this is not, this, this snack station wasn't erected on his property. It's, it's erected on a piece of property. It's actually a city of Raleigh, right of way and the HOA has taken the opinion that it's their job according to their covenants covenants are the the documents that are recorded when a, when a subdivision gets started just letting everybody know what the restrictions are what the what the big you know big uh, you know, how big your house can be how small can it be can you have chickens all that kind of stuff gets addressed in the covenants and, and they get recorded down at the register of deeds and they're saying part of the covenants there is that they're supposed to keep the city of Raleigh right away uh, clear and there's not supposed to be, you know, anything happening there. And there's probably some liability issues to who's responsible. If someone gets hurt on something that's, you know, not on this guy's property. So I'm sure the HOA, that's kind of what they have in mind. You know, there's some legal issues there, some liability they're worried about, but they definitely got, I think in local media got pegged as the bad guys uh, when this got reported. Yeah. And you know, this is, Looking at the way this whole thing has gone and looking at both sides' arguments, it's a fairly 
maybe not interesting to everyone, but interesting to us, I think, as attorneys, what what the arguments of, of each side really are. And, um, you know, you've got the it, it's it's kind of unique because it's not necessarily that the it doesn't appear that the neighborhood's even saying that this individual just cannot have the, the pet sack station at all. They're just basically saying they want it to be on his property. They don't want it to be on this, what they consider to be community, you know, HOA community owned property. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times when you see this type of thing, you see, you just see the HOA outright saying, Hey, you can't do this period. This is an activity that can't take place upon any portion of any property, even the property you own. But, but this is a little bit of a different situation here. And HOAs are a lot like anything else. You know, there's some built-in uh, power and authority there. And if the wrong person gets in there, uh, you know, it's always it can it can go south. I'm not saying that's the case here. I we've represented a lot of we represent a lot of HOAs here at the firm, and we've represented a lot of people with valid complaints against their HOA. And and if the sides can't agree, you you end up litigating, looking for injunctions, uh, things like that. So it's it's part of the process and, and, you know, when something like this gets litigated, there's a lot of money involved, right? So someone, you know, I imagine attorneys aren't working for free on this. And so that's what I always think when I see something like this, I was like, man, I wonder how much this is, you know, costing everybody. Cause there's always, we have people, we consult with people all the time and some people won't, you know, we, we get that concept where someone wants to prove a point, you know, I, you know, I, I just want to make sure they know they were wrong or I want to, I'm right here. And, and how much is that worth to you? Right. How much is being right uh, worth to you? So we've had that conversation a, a time or two with folks, but um, anyway, I, I thought it was interesting. Almost the, the subject matter, I think is interesting because you don't see it a lot, but also the way it's being covered. So this one, uh, it just got started. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how it uh, pans out over the next couple of weeks. HOA doggy snack station controversy, Bedford Falls in North Raleigh. We'll see how it goes. It'll probably be uh, making another appearance on The Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are your hosts. They are the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're also practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And if you've got a legal situation that you're facing and you just you want answers, I've got a phone number for you. Get in touch with Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will reach out to you. You can also send your questions to the program. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Again, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer those on a future program. And check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. You're locked in to the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your hosts. They are the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, sometimes referee between Josh and Joe. Always an interesting conversation when we discuss legalese. If you've got an issue that you're facing and you've got a question and you need an answer, well, I've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with an answer to your question will be calling you shortly. Again, you can also email your questions to the program, questions at 
theoutlawlawyer.com. All right, now we're going to go in which direction, Josh? Well, Morgan, there were two pieces of legislation that came before uh, the North Carolina Senate in the past week or so, and I, th- I think both of them are worthy of, of conversation. The first one that that jumped to my attention was in North Carolina, we have officially legalized hemp, right? So the agricultural uh, use of hemp has been legalized. There was a, a, a test period that the North Carolina Senate had approved a while ago. We were at the end of that. I think it was like five years or something, but we're coming to the end of that. And they went ahead and legalized hemp uh, for agricultural uh, CBD uses. Of course, this doesn't legalize marijuana or the use of marijuana in any way. That's still illegal in North Carolina as it is on the federal level. Uh, But hemp is, is, is legal. And I guess that's a step in the right direction. What do you think, Joseph? Yeah, man, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, hemp, I, I don't know that a lot of people realize, and maybe a lot of people do realize, but uh, the the sheer volume of benefits and uses for hemp is like mind-blowing, man. Like it, it, it would really, I think it would really blow your mind, especially if you're not well-versed on the subject. Just the the sheer number of applications and things that hemp can be used for, you know, things that it can replace. Uh, it, it's really crazy. And, you know, you look at it, you know, I think we, we probably have a more, and again, we try not to, to, to really give a lot of insight into our own personal beliefs, but you could probably gather from just our general discussion about the topic of marijuana in general, we probably have a more relaxed view than some do as to how that should be treated, whether it should be, be legalized in some fashion, but, uh, it's, it's very difficult to look at hemp and look at what it can do and the applications and things like that, and then make an argument why it shouldn't just be legal, you know? I always take a real libertarian-type stance on something that's criminal. When you decide to make something criminal, why? Right? That's that's. I think that's a kind of a libertarian take on any anything you're making illegal. Why is that illegal? You know, why are we going to spend resources and uh, put people's life at risk to enforce laws to make this illegal. Why is this so dangerous that it needs to be illegal? And obviously, I think the answer, especially for just hemp, is that 100% should be illegal. Like, I don't know that you can find any justification uh, that hemp as an agricultural crop should have ever been illegal. And I know we inherit some of these things, right? We inherit the way things were in the, the 1910s, the 1930s, 1950s, and it takes us a while to to clean up. But but I think anytime someone's telling you something needs to be illegal, your first question should be, why should that be? Why should that be illegal? Why should? So here, hemp, obviously, I think everybody's on the same page. Uh, but it was funny. The NC, it wasn't funny. Uh, but NC legislation, when this came up, uh, there's a Senate bill that would make uh, some some level of medicinal marijuana legal in North Carolina. And so it looks like that hasn't been looked at in a while, but it looks like that's going to uh, come up this week again and, and could could reach the Senate floor uh, this very week. Uh, and again, it'd be heavily limited and heavily regulated, but it's, again, a step in the right direction because at some point, I think you have to ask yourself, you know, why is, why is marijuana illegal, especially now with so many states having approved it? what's what's the point you know what are what are you trying to prevent what's the government's aim in keeping people from owning or using you know marijuana as a you know it why draw the line there 
Yeah, and exactly. And um, I mean that's that's it's that's a whole other issue. I agree with you completely. I think you know most folks who have done the research and looked into it would agree with you completely. Uh, there's you know it makes perfect sense, but you know even if you did make an argument that there should still be an outright prohibition of of marijuana itself medicinally or recreationally how do you extend that argument to him that's that's really where it just i just don't see how you do it and you know it the reason why you know hemp was what was illegal at one point and and you know again still still is in in some ways uh is because it's tied to to marijuana but the you know it's a different it's a different thing, you know, related, but different. And if you just look at the sheer, you know, not even including like the health benefits of like CBD oil and things like that, which, you know, research would suggest there's, there's a lot of benefits there. Take that out of the equation and you just look at industrial hemp uses. I mean, I think it would, it's, it's mind blowing the number of things that, that hemp can be used for and can replace uh, and just, uh, and do it in a more environmentally conscious way. Like there's just, there's a wealth of uses and a wealth of benefits that it, it, it's almost insane to me that it hasn't been permanently legal prior to now. You know, I, I was talking about that stance you take. Anytime somebody says you can't do anything, anytime someone says you, hey, this should be criminally illegal, you should always ask, why Why is that the case? And that's what my kids do, right? Anytime I ask them, like, hey, you got to go to bed, <laughs> right? Yeah, why can't, I watch, this yeah, mo- that, why can't the- I watch this movie? <laughs> why? They're, right? they're, and then they're going to go into they're going to go into the profession, I think. <laughs> and, and when you really have to spell it out for them, sometimes they win, right? Sometimes I'm like, you know, why can't I watch this movie? I don't know. It's violent. And they're like, but will you let us watch this movie? And it was violent. Yeah. All right. Fine. Just watch it. You know, just don't, you know, fine. You know, but, uh, but yeah, we should always be asking those questions. And, and sometimes, you know, moving slow is not a bad thing. I have to tell people that too, you know, like, especially when we talked last week about the, the school shooting and, and, and obviously the kind of visceral responses both sides of the, the debate on guns had on that. Um, quick action is never, is almost never the answer. You know, you, everybody needs to take time and, and reason through things. So I don't want to criticize NC lawmakers uh, too much, but at some point, you know, you're moving, you're moving too slow. So this, it seems like this was a good decision. Hopefully this medicinal marijuana bill will, will pass. I think that's the way to go. That's almost every other state. I, I always tell people if, you know, one day North Carolina will legalize recreational use of marijuana, but I may not be here. I may be, I may be dead and gone by the time they do that. We'll be like the last state, maybe us in Alabama, um, to actually legalize it, but it'll, it's going to happen one day. It's, it's, in, it's inevitable because society's just kind of changed their, they're tuned pretty quick on, on how they feel about that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree, man. That's a bold prediction, but uh, I think it's a very safe prediction. You know, the, if you look at the trajectory of how marijuana is viewed, you know, societally, you'll see like it's the, I don't know that we, I don't see what pushes us back. Like, I don't know what could come out that would cause a reversion of this, you know, kind of progression of thought. So I, I think that 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 it's it's inevitable, you know. And so what at what do you gain? What is gained by continuing to prohibit it in the way that it's prohibited? Like you know that that's the question you got to ask yourself. Like just like your kids ask, like what you know, why should it be illegal? Why can't it be? It's what do you gain from it not being legal, really? And um, I think it's a difficult question to answer. 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of clear, there's a lot of clear cut things, you know, yeah, murder should be illegal, right? You know, uh, theft should be illegal. And, you know, those are, those are no brainers, but I think there's a lot of stuff in the criminal code. Maybe we'll do that one show. We'll just open up, we'll crack open the North Carolina criminal code and kind of pick out some things that are illegal that might be a bit antiquated or maybe need to be uh, revisited, but that might be a... you know, they did that in The Simpsons one time. You, you probably didn't see that one. But nah, they, I didn't were, see it. But that sounds like reading. a rocking episode to me, man. I think <laughs> ding, 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 ding. There's that sounds our like Simpson. a real barn burner. I was going to say, there's our Simpson reference for the show. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> they were reading the, there was this episode, they were reading the charter, the town charter, the Springfield town charter. And it, and it had, male ducks had to wear pants. You know, it was like one of the old laws that was still on the books, you know. But I bet we got some of those in North Carolina if we, somebody's probably already done that. I just haven't seen it. But maybe we'll. We'll dial that up one week. I um, just like that idea in general, man. Like, I think that should be what the show is now. It's just we just read. We just read statutes just as, as slowly and as <laughs> monotone as we can. We just read statutes. And that'll only appeal to the real purists out there, the real, right. the real right. legal our, purists. But, uh, but we'll be making think, those guys happy. I think our, our audience might dwindle after a couple of weeks. Maybe they'd wait for us. Like maybe Josh and Joe will come back and they'll talk about something fun. And then just like, or week maybe, three, we're maybe still... they love it. Maybe everyone loves it. And the show takes off to a new stratosphere. <laughs> the, uh, the other, the other piece of legislation that's getting a lot of attention is, uh, and again, I've seen it called different things. I'm gonna call it the NC parents rights bill. Cause that's what I've seen it uh, referenced as uh, to the most, but we got some legislation here locally in North Carolina that is uh, is very similar. We spent some time talking about the the Florida bill that got named. The media kind of named it the "Don't Say Gay" bill, um, and so we spent a while talking about that one. The the NC bill is a little bit different, but it has some overlapping provisions. Uh, you know, it's again depending on what side of the 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 ground you stand on. Some of it might some of the bill's provisions might seem over overly difficult overly hard some of them i think make sense i think uh you know this bill like the florida bill has a they don't want any uh sexual type instruction gender type instruction in in schools for kindergarten i think it was through the third grade i don't have it in front of me uh but you know i i don't see anything i i don't see any problem with that i don't want i have a second grader i don't want that second grader personally spending a lot of time talking about anything sexual in nature or gender in nature. I, I personally, again, that's my, I don't put a lot of personal opinions out here on the show, but I, you know, just, I do that just to point out that some of this bill seems to be reasonable uh, when I just read it arbitrarily. Um, but this one, it really depends on your personal uh, leanings and your personal beliefs on, on what's uh, true and correct and how you want to raise your kids. And anytime that's the case, Man, that's a lightning rod for for legislation or, or anything like that. I agree, man. This is a real lightning rod. And I will say, you know, this not commenting on the substance of this bill, not commenting on, you know, the goals and the aims of this bill, strictly commenting on the 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 comment the 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 catchy name factor. I, I gotta give the I'm gonna give it a, a three point five out of ten in terms of coming up with a cool name for this book. <laughs> the uh there's some other things in there that 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 draw more objections so of course uh it's got a it's got a provision just to alert parents to a lot of different things that might come up as a kid gets older uh so if they if they want to change their pronouns i think that was mentioned in there if they you know there's a there's a medical issue a mental health issue that might come up that's related to to gender they want that reported to 
to parents. And, uh, and so again, depending on what side of the debate you fall on, that's perfectly reasonable or incredibly objectionable, right? So it's no, you know, civilized society is a series of measured compromises. And at some point when we can't compromise on, we have off limit topics or topics that are so divisive, we can't civilly uh, discuss them, then little little parts of society start start breaking down, you know, when we can't talk to each other and, and come to some sort of compromise or some sort of agreement that everybody can live with. And we, we have some problems. Um, and you know, to I, me, I, man, you, to me, you talk about when you talk about notifying parents of thing, you know, certain things that involve their children, like to me, that seems perfectly, perfectly reasonable. Uh, and, and you can almost be like, well, I can't, what's the argument what argument could be made against that? And then I guess you have to, to remember, like not every parent and not every parent child relationship is, is, is that of mine and my kids or you and your kids. And, um, you know, I guess they're as sad as it is, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's some parents out there that don't necessarily have the best interest of their kids in mind. There's some unhealthy relationships there. So I, I guess that's a piece of the puzzle. Um, but, uh, you know, some of this stuff does, like you said, it seems it it's, does seem fairly fairly reasonable, um, but it's a lightning rod. And whenever you have that lightning rod, you've got there's there's two sides of that coin, and and both are usually equally adamant about their own position. Yeah, the, everything I read, you know, described this as Republican legislation. I think Governor Cooper uh, came out against it, and uh, you know, so it sounds like maybe I don't know that he said this, but it sounds like he'd. I'm guessing just by his, his statement again. I'm making a leap of uh, an assumption here, but he would he would veto it maybe if it came to his desk. And so uh, I don't know what in the end the the point is, but you definitely have some parents you know who are involved in their kids' lives who you know and and uh, I think somebody got interviewed and made a good point. You know they have to sign a form and and call the school for their kid to get like antacid, you know, like over the counter medication. I know like. We, you know, at our school, our kid uses inhaler and there was like all these documents to fill out so he could use his inhaler, you know, so. That's a big to, problem, to, man. Those kids these days snorting Tums, man. <laughs> That's a new so thing. You, you have to go through like just all this stuff or like simple stuff. And then, you know, if, if I, again, I don't know what the situation would be, but if a kid, a kid goes to a guidance counselor or something is having maybe some mental health issues or some, some struggles with, with sexuality and, and that not to get back to the parents, that seems at least as important as Tums, right? You know, at least, you know, so I think, I think both sides have good intentions on this debate. You know, they want kids to be able to to figure themselves out and not to, again, if they don't have a good relationship with their parents, you know, I, I see both sides, but, but in the end, when you read this bill, it doesn't sound unreasonable just, just to read it and how it gets applied. And I think, I think when we talked about the Florida law, that was our, you know, it wasn't drafted really well. How will this get applied? It didn't make a lot of, you know, it didn't, there was, there was going to be a lot of legal problems. So from an attorney perspective, we saw a lot of problems with it. And this bill has the same, the same issues, you know? Um, but anyway, I guess it's neither here nor there. We're not, we're not part of the North Carolina uh, Senate. Me and Joseph don't have a vote, but we just like to talk about these things for, uh, for the sheer joy in talking about legal 
Well, I was going to say, yeah, I was just going to say you're both parents and a lot of our listeners are parents and they're facing these same issues. So, uh, you know, it's an interesting conversation. I'm sure it's going to come back up on the program. I want to remind everybody you're listening to the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. They're the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina with offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena and Gastonia. If you have a legal question you need an answer for, you're in a situation possibly, here's a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the program. We'll answer them on future programs. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Speaking of, we've got some questions coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Outlaw Lawyers. Welcome back into the Outlaw Liars. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They are your hosts. They are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. They have offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Again, we have that legalese conversation each and every week, hitting the hot topics, and then maybe some that you hadn't really thought about, but it'll get you thinking. If you've got an issue that you're facing, you've got a question, and you need an answer, you can call Whitaker and Hamer. Use this number, 800 800- 659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And leave your contact information, briefly what that call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And as always, you can email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. All right, listener questions. I love these. Josh, take it away. we got two today, uh, Morgan. The first one is one that we have gotten a lot. It's been on the news. It's been the subject to a lot of discussion I've got kind of a generalized version that I'm going to read out here. So here is uh, listener question number one today is, I went under contract for a new home uh, back in 2021. The builder gave me notice that the final purchase price will increase by 80000 because of material and supply, supply chain issues. Plus, the completion date has been extended. Is this a breach? What can I do? All right. So that's kind of our question. We've got somebody who's who last year, uh, last summer, went and picked their lot out, signed up with a with a builder uh, to build their their house. They're supposed to be closing on it this summer and they're getting some bad news. The price has gone up and we're not going to close on time. And and so their their answer is, what can I do? And Joe, you know, we represent a lot of buyers. Right. We represent a lot of builders. We we get on both sides of this uh, question a lot. I know you've seen it, too. I have seen it. It's a common, it's common, you know, and it's increasingly common because, you know, we had, I don't know if you know this, Josh, but there was a, an, like an outbreak of a, of a sickness. Uh, some would call it a pandemic. Right. right. <laughs> that, you, did you, did you know that took place? No, recently? no, it's just, no, uh-uh. it's yeah. Just so, so that, that caused a lot of issues with the supply chain that caused the, caused a lot of societal issues in general. And, and one of the, one of the things that occurred was a drastic increase increase in, in in a lot of things, cost of labor, cost of materials. So so you saw you saw a whole lot of you saw a whole lot of price increases and you saw just a lot of things went through the roof. And so what you had happen was you had a lot of folks who 
they got under contract for for a property and, and the builders quoting them based on what they would generally expect this project to cost. And then you get into the process, the prices increase substantially, and you're looking at a situation where you've you've had, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollar increases in the cost of materials during that time. And it, it puts you in a situation like this. So we definitely see it. Um, and the answer as to whether this can be done, and you, I know you love this answer, Josh, but it, it's the answer to virtually any legal question, and that's it depends. Right, right. It depends on a lot of things. Uh, you know, I like how I saw this, and I don't have them in front of me, but I saw this just come up on like the local news a lot. I think the the NNO had some articles on it when it was when it was happening, and um, it's just interesting how the the builders are always the bad guys, right? It's always the company. It's always the landlords that are the bad guys. The builders that are bad, the HOAs are the bad guys. And sometimes they are, right? Sometimes that's that's the case, uh, depending on the facts. But this bias uh, towards, toward it, it just seems apparent to me, you know. I, but anyway, well, yeah, what can, it, it depends on the contract you signed, right? So a lot of builders have their own contract and that contract, it contemplates uh, things like this, you know, this is based on pricing and such and such, and this can go up by a certain amount or a certain percentage, or we'll just tell you what it is. So, you know, and we're going to pass that because that's what happens, you know, when things inflate and we're seeing that now with this crazy, crazy, crazy inflation, I had to buy a lot of boat gas this weekend. I know this is a first world problem to complain about, but man, gas with no ethanol boat gas, not cheap right now. Yeah, any no gas is cheap, right? Yeah, now. I was going to say now. gas prices going through the roof. I think average is four sixty five right now. Big, big number. But this gets passed along to the consumer, right? Anytime there's a new tax, anytime there's a new tariff, anytime there's a supply chain issue, you know, that gets that gets passed right along to to us. So it's it's in the end, it's it's your it's your problem, and a lot of it depends on the contract you sign. And I would guess a lot of people sign these contracts without having a, a lawyer, you know, review. Um, but a lot of these contracts are, you know, stipulate we can go up on price. And if you can't do it, then, you know, you might lose some deposit. Maybe you get your deposit back. The builder's just going to sell it to somebody who who can't afford it. So that's, you know, it, but if they sign, if the builder signed a contract with you that didn't allow uh, a price increase, then maybe you have an argument that, that, that they're going to have to eat it instead of you, but still, you know, it, it just depends on your bill. You know, there's legal arguments to be made, right? Like, okay, maybe this is a breach, but a judge, a judge can't, you know, can't order, you know, a builder to sell you a house at a price where he's going to take a hundred thousand dollar loss. And he doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars to, to pay that loss. Right. Cause you're still going to have liens on the house. Cause well, the judge can't order it, but like, but, but you still have, you're, you're still going to have the same issues. A judge can't magically produce the funds to pay the, the the contractors so that you don't have a, a property that's just riddled with liens right, you know, that can't right. be removed. You know, they, those contractors rights are protected just like your rights are protected. So it's still going to be, it's still going to be an issue. And, you know, r- practically speaking, you get a judgment against the builder that cannot pay those, those liens. It's going to be, what are you, you're, that judgment's going to be virtually worthless. So there's, you're still going to be in, in a bad situation. And I'd say, you know, I'd say 
it's this is a relatively new issue that we've seen cropping up more and more. Uh, I, I think a lot of the builders' contracts prior to this new period we've kind of entered post COVID didn't necessarily account for this situation. But virtually every builder we work with in the last several months has included some sort of you know escalation clause or something that would allow them to increase the price based on changes. So it is something that's become increasingly common, and I'd say has has really become the standard recently. Yeah, you can't you can't be in the business of building houses and just take loss after loss after loss, you know, and and some of that's got to be passed on and um I don't know, it, it's one of those it's one of those difficult situations because again, you certainly have sympathetic home buyers who are in a position now where they can't afford the house, you know, if it went up too much or you know, it's really going to put them in a bind, but the builder also can't just you know, take a loss on this situation that came up through no fault of their own either. Right. You know, so it just puts everybody in bad positions. Uh, but when it gets reported on, it always seems like it's the the homeowner or the, the perspective homeowner who's, who, who people sympathize with the most. But, um, anyway, it's an interesting question. It's one we we've seen a lot and I imagine we'll see, uh, even more of, uh, coming up here soon. All right. We need to take a short break. We've got one more listener question to go before the end of the program. So we'll get right to it. You're listening to the outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer law firm. Again, offices conveniently located for you, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got a legal situation that you're facing, you've got some questions, call this number 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly what that calls about and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch and you can always email your questions to the program and we'll answer them on the show kind of like we are today questions at theoutlawlawyer.com we're back right after this The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, where you can find them uh, each and every week. They're the managing partners there. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Again, those offices, you can find them in Raleigh. Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got a legal situation, you've got a need a question answered, uh, you can call 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly, what that call is about, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And again, you can always email your questions to the program, and we'll answer them on a future show. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Final question of the program, Josh. Uh, this is one that comes up from time to time, but uh, our generalized version of a question that we get very often is, uh, I was eating at a restaurant and my food had a hard object in it. I bit down on the object. It caused me a lot of pain. I went to the dentist afterward and everything checked out okay. Can I sue? So that's a, that's a question that comes up every every now and again. And this reminds me of a, this reminds me of a story. Uh, I was in the... Uh, I was in the the KW cafeteria as a kid eating with my family. You guys, you guys know all about the KW. We've talked. I think about we've talked KW. about the K and W here on the show. Yeah, you uh, shortened it. It's K N W. K N W. K N W. Yeah, K N W. K W. K N W. K W. So we're at the K N W cafeteria. We're having a nice meal as a family. And I was a kid. I could maybe I was in middle school. I might have been in elementary school. But I remember we were sitting there. My dad was eating. Uh, my, dad, my dad's going to get mad at me this weekend, putting his business out on the uh, <laughs> out on the radio. But we were sitting there eating, and he always did Salisbury. That's that's his meal, Salisbury steak. Oh, rice. so good, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what he does every time. 
So he's eating his rice. He bites down on something. We hear like a crack. He cracked like half his tooth and it just fell out. And I just remember being like, and he was just like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to, you know, <laughs> like he, I just remember being like amazed that that just happened. And like, he wasn't like writhing on the, on the ground in pain. How good um, was that Salisbury steak to just put him into a state of euphoria <laughs> where he's just like, no tooth, I right, half my tooth gone, but I got to keep but, this uh, rolling, man. I think they did. I think they, did, they took us to. I think they did just talk to a manager. And I, if I remember correctly, I think I think the K and W just covered his whatever dental bills he had at the time, you know. But but yeah, I guess the short answer is is you can sue, right? Uh, but the problem might be what what's your actual damage? Yeah, and in this situation, it, everything checked out okay. Like you've got uh, you got pain, you know, and um, pain and suffering is a relevant factor to you know any kind of uh, litigious suit seeking you know recovery of damages but at this it, it's difficult it's difficult if pain and suffering is your own is the only thing you've got you know how do you quantify that you you know having there needs to be a quantifiable component to to any kind of uh of lawsuit of this nature well, and you have to prove negligence, right? So this, if you did sue, uh, let's say my dad decided to sue the KNW, you got to prove that, that that they did something wrong, right? The fact that something hard was in the what, rice or whatever it was by itself is not enough because there's, you know, you get a steak, you might get some bone, right? You can get pieces of bone in a hamburger and there's, you know, there's a certain level that's not negligent because it just happens, right? That you, So you have to prove they did something wrong. So you have to prove negligence happened. And then you have to, like, like you said, Joe, pain and suffering, you certainly can get compensated for, but you know, three seconds of, of pain, you know, maybe is not worth a lot in the, in the, in the, in the marketplace, but, uh, <laughs> cracking half a tooth and having to get extensive dental work. Well, maybe that's a different you know situation. Now you got doctors involved, you got medical records, you've got a clear injury and, and, um, but yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that time at KNW in a long time. And this question really just rocketed that into my brain. Just, just amazed. You're like, you know, cause as a kid, you crack a tooth, sure. you're out of school for like two, you know, like I would, that's it. I would milk yeah. that for as long as I could, you know? Well, and, and it's nice that KNW stepped up and, and, and took care of that. I mean, that's that that's some scary stuff. How old was your dad when it happened? Let's see, if I was in middle school, my dad would have probably been late forties. I was gonna say those are his real teeth too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right. Well, we are up against the clock, guys. Another great show. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, where you can find them during the week. They're the managing partners there. They're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. And offices conveniently located, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And if you've got a legal question you need an answer to, I've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact info. Briefly what that calls about, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back next week with another edition of The Outlaw Lawyer.
Lawyer is hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on this show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney, licensed in the state in which you live, had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of this show, contact us directly.